Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. I'm sharing with you today the subject, How to Be Unhappy. As I usually do this time of year, I'm spending a lot of time preparing for the upcoming new year, and I'm spending a lot of time in serious thinking, thinking about happiness. This has been my custom yearly since the Christmas season of 1969. It was at Christmas that I visited Rebecca for the very first time at her home in Wilson, North Carolina. I asked Rebecca what she wanted for Christmas, and she immediately responded, to my surprise, happiness. Well, I was expecting her to say something different, something like a diamond engagement ring or a new coat. But to my utter surprise, she just smiled and said, happiness. It was this annual custom that I've had ever since then that was one of the things that literally saved my life in 1997. During that year, I went through a terrible period of depression. If you have never experienced depression, count yourself to be most fortunate. The depression that I experienced was so intense that I told Rebecca, our two daughters, and the church board where I was then serving as pastor that I was through. I was walking away. I was leaving not to look for me, I was gone. And so, please indulge me the privilege of ministering to myself today, and you may not particularly need what I'm about to share with you, but at least once a year, I need to be reminded of two passages of Scripture. They're both found in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13, the wise man penned, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And then from Proverbs 17 and verse 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. I developed this series, this sermon, uh, over 22 years ago during that time of depression. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, it was one of the things that literally saved my life. To the best of my recollection, I've only shared this sermon a couple of times, but I'm sharing it with you today because God's sweet spirit knows that I need it. And I'm sensing that it will benefit some of you who may hear it, either here or through our online ministry. 
For weeks, I have been bombarded with cheery smiles and bouncy words to the tune of happy and merry. Everywhere I went, it seemed as though the song was the very same. At the bank, the teller would say, Mr. Gerard, happy Thanksgiving. And I wanted to respond, no thank you. I want to be unhappy. My bank account is not as high as I would like for it to be, and I have lost a sizable portion of my investment value this year on the stock market. At the supermarket, the clerk took my money and said, Mr. Gerard, Merry Christmas. And I wanted to yell at the top of my lungs, no thank you. I want to be unhappy because I'm paying a lot more for groceries now than I was just a few months ago. And then there were some well-meaning church members who said, Pastor, Happy New Year. And I bit my lip to stop the quivering momentum from saying, no, thank you. I want to be unhappy. It seems as though a few things that I have tried lately have not produced the results that I wanted as soon as I desired. I want to be unhappy. Have you ever felt like that? People all around you seem to be happy, and you were not happy. The room that you were in was filled with laughter, and yet you had to force yourself to even smile. Have you ever felt like that? It was during that end-of-the-year period when I was in such deep depression that I spent a considerable amount of time in serious thinking, thinking about happiness. As I slipped deeper and deeper and deeper into depression, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that something had to change. Because if something didn't change, I was going to lose myself lose myself possibly forever, forever into a perpetual state of gloom. I'm about to share with you what saved me. One day I was isolated in my study. I took a piece of paper and I drew a line down the middle. On the left side of the paper, I began to write down the things that would ensure that I enjoy true unhappiness during that time of the year. And I was very serious. I mean, if I did not particularly want to be happy, and since I have never liked to fail, I did not want to fail at being unhappy. And so I need to explore the depths of those areas of mind and action 
that would enable me to be a success at being unhappy. The following are some of the guidelines I wrote down that would, in, that would help me to, to practice more effectively being unhappy. I ought to count up all of my talents, all of my acts of kindnesses, and tabulate exactly how much life owes me. If I'm really sincere about being unhappy, I need to list the many times that I've tried to help others and contrast that list with the number of times people have tried to help me. I need to start every day by rehearsing the catalog of burdens that have been imposed upon me because I am a minister of service to the needs of others. And never, 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 never should I allow a single hour to pass without dwelling upon someone who gets under my skin, someone who annoys me, someone who doesn't agree with the way that I believe things should be done. And to further ensure my being a, an unhappy success, I need to compare my misfortune, my bad times, with the good fortune and good times of others. And if someone is awarded a special honor, I need to consider sulking because I was not also recognized. And because so many people seem to not recognize my talents, and because my misfortunes are so many, I need to enroll in a special training school, a special training school to learn how to effectively solicit sympathy from others. I know what I'll do. I will begin to relate with great regularity to more and more people my troubles, as if they don't have any of their own. I will be sure to display my scars and my wounds at every opportunity, because this will make other people aware of my great suffering and also keep me constantly aware of my difficulties. And I believe that this will make everyone that comes in contact with me also unhappy. And it will provide me a lot of company. I mean, if I'm going to be a success at being unhappy, I might as well share that success with as many people as possible. And to solidly nail down my attitude and steadfast unhappiness, I will attend to my own affairs. I will stand jealous guard over my rights, and I will dare 
anyone to impose on me. I need to start listening more carefully to discover hidden messages in conversations that I'm having with others. And when I receive messages and emails, I need to start reading through the, uh, start reading between the lines to make sure that I really get the true intent of the negatives they're proposing in my direction. And to be totally successful at being unhappy, I need to stop giving any thought to the problems of other people. And thus, the final piece of the equation for being unhappiness, being unhappy, will be in place. Because I will wrap myself up in myself like a porcupine, daring anyone to intrude on my turf. When I finished writing, I started reading the words which seemed to grow larger and larger and larger with every line. And it seemed as though when I finished reading what I had written, I was literally choking for a breath of fresh air. It was then that I picked up my pen to begin writing on the right side of the line what I needed to do to experience happiness during that time of the year and the upcoming new year. I sat, and I sat, and I sat, and nothing was worthy to be written. It was then that I realized that if I tried to be happy, this would be just another way to make me unhappy. And so I thought to myself, can it be? Can it really be that trying to be happy without being a happy person is like trying to find a shadow that is cast by nothing? It was then that I turned to the Bible to unwrap some passages that enable me to see that the happy person does not try to be happy. But rather, the happy person submits to the Word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. Because the Word and will and way of God will produce a merry, happy heart. Let me share with you a few of the scriptures that I wrote down. Psalm 146 and verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Proverbs 3 and verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Proverbs 14, verse 21, he that despises his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. 
Proverbs 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. John 13 and verse 17, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Romans 14 verse 22, hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. James 5 and verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. 1 Peter 3 verse 14, But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. 1 Peter 4 and verse 14, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. When my list of scriptures was complete, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I really did not want to be unhappy. And so I resolved... As 1997 was coming to a close, that by the power of God's sweet Holy Spirit, I would ever remain a student in the university of happiness. And as I remained a student in the university of happiness, this will enable me to help other unhappy people to not only awaken to the knowledge but also to the acceptance that there is hope. And that hope is in God. And so with this fresh resolve, the two scriptures that I read in the beginning blossomed in my mind and heart a sweet fragrance. Let me read them again. Proverbs 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow the heart of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 17, verse 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. And I can stand here today and praise the Lord. I can say with lip and with life, Hallelujah. I came out of that depression. And these two passages of Scripture have been a source of encouragement ever since that experience. Because when I allowed my heart to once again become merry, it did me good like a medicine. And I discovered that no one ever is injured by looking on the bright side of life. May I repeat that? Your eyesight and my eyesight is never injured by looking on the bright side of life. 
Several years ago, I was holding a revival crusade, and I was standing in the foyer, and a young teenage girl came to me, and she had this big grin on her face. And she said, Pastor Dan, I believe if the devil was standing in front of you, you would still smile. She had heard me ask that question through the revival. Am I smiling? Can you see my teeth? And so I put my arm around her shoulder and I said, my dear young sister, when the devil's standing in front of me, that's the time to smile. And to me, that's what this time of year is all about. And so I am inviting each one of you to join me in saying the phrases, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And don't say them just with your lips. Say them from a happy, merry spirit. I want to conclude by reading a quotation from one of my favorite writers. I read this quotation in the sermon that I shared with you a few weeks ago. And then I want to pick up where it leaves off. It's found in Ministry of Healing, page 251. Nothing. Would you allow me to say that word one more time? Nothing. May I say it one more time, if not for your benefit, for mine? Nothing tends more to promote health of body and of soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise. That's what I read. Now, let's continue reading. It is the positive duty, uh, pardon me, it is a positive duty to resist melancholy, discontented thoughts and feelings, as much a duty as it is to pray. May I read that again? It is a positive duty to resist melancholy, discontented thoughts and feelings as much a duty as it is to pray. If we are heaven-bound, how can we go as a band of mourners, groaning and complaining all along the way to our Father's house? Those professed Christians who are constantly complaining and who seem to think cheerfulness and happiness a sin have not genuine religion. Amen or ouch. Those who take a mournful pleasure in all that is melancholy in the natural world who choose to look upon dead leaves rather than to gather the beautiful living flowers, who see no beauty in grand mountain heights and in valleys clothed with living green, who close their senses to the joyful voice which speaks to them in nature and which is sweet and musical to the listening ear, these are not in Christ. They are gathering to themselves gloom and darkness when they might have brightness 
even the Son of Righteousness, arising in their hearts with healing in His beams. And so, let me say again, I am inviting you to join me in saying the phrases, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Not just with your lips, but say them from a happy, merry spirit. Rebecca and I want to wish each of you Merry Christmas. Rebecca and I want to wish each of you a happy new year. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of sharing a part of my personal struggle and the victory I now have because I am enrolled in the University of Happiness. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.